We should never talk to terrorists, right? Well, it might, things may not be that simple. Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. Listen to Quick Hits, short podcast about national security. Came across quite a fascinating leader, kind of an op-ed piece, in the most recent edition of The Economist. I've mentioned on many occasions I've been reading The Economist for, wow, going on four and a half decades now, since I started uh, working as a translator in the early 1980s. I guess that's four decades. And in the July 30th edition of The Economist, which just I just got it in the mail today, one of its leaders is entitled War and Hunger, Stopping Somalis from Starving. Subtitled, Saving Lives Will Involve Talking to Terrorists. And the piece, which I'll put a link to in the podcast, talks about an incipient famine in Somalia. Talking about that it's been the worst drought in 40 years. Of course, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has made things worse by raising grain prices. International aid is not flowing in nearly as quickly as it should. And the world has to act now to prevent millions from starving in Somalia. This is where it gets interesting. The Whoever the author of this piece is, and it, 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 the economist doesn't tend to say who writes these pieces, says, and I quote, The next step is where Al-Shabaab comes in. For the food to get to the hungry, aid groups must negotiate with the jihadists who control, control large swaths of the countryside in central and southern Somalia. Goes on to say that, of course, this is problematic because historically aid groups did, were afraid of becoming kidnapped or killed by al-Shabaab, which is an al-Qaeda affiliate, one of the more brutal ones, one of the more successful ones as well, been around since the mid-2000s. And so there's this kind of dilemma. Do aid groups talk to al-Shabaab? Do they bring aid, which al-Shabaab may use, yes, to feed people or may use for its own purposes, may in fact change the logos on some of the aid to show that it's Al-Shabaab feeding the poor and the starving, not the United Nations or other aid groups. And the article concludes with the following. I'll quote this directly. The world faces a trade-off to shun Al-Shabaab and watch a famine claim perhaps hundreds of thousands of lives or to talk to Al-Shabaab in order to get food to the starving in the knowledge that the jihadists will grow stronger Caught between evils, the world should choose the lesser of the two. This is a really interesting problem, I think, when it comes to terrorism. Most of us, I think, would agree that talking, giving in, negotiating, granting concessions to terrorists is rarely a good idea. Terrorist groups don't tend to be consistent. They don't tend to keep their word. As the article notes, Al-Shabaab will, in fact, take this aid and, and do many things with it. Yeah, maybe it might save some Somalis, but it'll also do much to further its own cause, give it some own strike, feed feed its own soldiers, for example, its own jihadis, its own terrorists. And as my Twitter feed and my new product, Global Terrorism This Week, has been showing, Al-Shabaab has been carrying out attacks pretty well on a daily basis in Somalia and even invaded Ethiopia recently, got within a few hundred got a few hundred kilometers across the border before it was fought back or rather driven back by the Ethiopian army. The question then remains, do we talk to terrorists? We're faced with a very similar situation in Afghanistan. The Taliban, which is, I remind my listeners, a listed terrorist entity both in Canada 
and the United States, and I'm sure elsewhere. Pretty well a year ago, in a couple of weeks, it'll mark one year since the Taliban overthrew the Afghan government after the U.S. withdrawal under President Joe Biden. Taliban took over in a heartbeat and has, despite some Pollyannish optimists who claimed the Taliban had changed, is reverted back, not reverted back, has basically remained the same. Closing girls' schools, firing women from jobs such as journalism and other government ministries. In other words, the Taliban is the same bunch of jihadis they have been since the early 1990s. And yet they are the government of Afghanistan, and they are seeking recognition from the United Nations, from the United States, from Canada, and other nations. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think many countries have recognized the Taliban. I think Russia did. Maybe China did. I'm not sure. But the question remains, uh, should we, by recognizing the Taliban, talk to the Taliban? Of course, the Americans engaged with the Taliban a couple of years ago with the so-called Doha Accords, which led to the U.S. withdrawal in August of 2021. We've seen how those, how those accords have gone. One of the um, stipulations the Taliban agreed to under the accords was not to further international terrorism. And here we have a couple of days ago, a U.S. strike against Ahmed al-Zawahiri, who was the al-Qaeda leader, and he was living in the in a house owned by the <laughs> Afghan minister of the interior, who, of course, is a Taliban terrorist. It shows quite definitively that the Taliban are not true to their word. They're not true to the Doha Accords. They're not true to anything. So if we were to end up talking to the Taliban, negotiating with the Taliban, how can we be sure that they will be consistent, that they'll keep up their side of the bargain? They have definitively shown in the first year in so-called power in Afghanistan, they're incapable of doing that. Ergo, should we talk to the Taliban? Going back to Somalia, if we don't engage with al-Shabaab, and by we, I mean the international community, international aid organizations, as the Economist article points out, hundreds of thousands of people could die from famine. Al-Shabaab seems to be the only option on the table. The Somali government doesn't control the areas where al-Shabaab is strong. The Somali government and international aid organizations together can't ensure that food aid will get to the people that need it most because they simply don't have the strength and the influence over the areas where al-Shabaab is dominant. Therefore, we must talk to al-Shabaab. We must bring al-Shabaab into the equation, as the, as the Economist article suggests. This is a real tough one, guys. I don't think that anyone, in theory, thinks that talking to terrorists is a bad idea. Unfortunately, there's theory and then there's reality. In Somalia, people are starving. I would also point out that people are starving in Afghanistan as well. There's, there are rumors or fears of famine in Afghanistan, given the same conditions that are, are existing in Somalia, bad crops, droughts, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is leading to increases in grain prices worldwide. And as a consequence, we're left with this conundrum. We can stick true to our beliefs, our convictions, our principles, and not talk to terrorist groups like the Taliban and al-Shabaab, and in essence, sit idly by while people die. Or we can engage these groups to try to save these people's lives, which is definitely a good thing to do. The international community should do everything in its power to prevent mass starvation, mass famine in in places around the world, and accept the consequence, almost 100%, that terrorist groups like the Taliban and like al-Shabaab will take advantage of the food aid, monetary aid, to further their own causes. So what do we do? 
I don't have an answer to this. The counterterrorism guy in me, the guy that worked in counterterrorism for 15 years at the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, or CSIS, tells me quite starkly that, no, we shouldn't be talking to terrorists. The human in me, the humanitarian in me, says that maybe we have no choice. If I'm having this problem, trying to choose between not talking to terrorists and seeing people die, or talking to terrorists to help save them, and yet furthering the, the terrorist agenda, if I'm having that problem, I can imagine that governments, international aid organizations, and the United Nations is having exactly the same problem. The lesson here, I think, is that things are complicated. And I've used this line an awful lot, but it's I get really miffed and disappointed when I read a lot of analysis out there that's, that puts things in, in such simply stark terms that it's, things are either black or white. Things are not black or white. They are infinite numbers. They are infinite shades of gray. More than 50. I don't want to bring in 50 shades of gray here. Each situation demands its own response. Each situation demands that we check our principles at the door sometimes, as much as that's hard to do. Each situation demands that we think things through and try to, to achieve the greatest benefit for the greatest number, even if it's not perfect, because nothing's perfect in life. I'm not saying that that we should talk to Al-Shabaab. I'm not saying we should engage Al-Shabaab in Somalia any more than I'm saying we should engage the Taliban, which is a terrorist organization, as I've pointed out. All I'm saying is that these are real tough situations, and I would not want to be in the shoes of those having to make them. I think we should understand that these are extremely difficult decisions that have to be made. It won't be a perfect decision. And can we please lay off the pointing figures of blame when things go badly down the road? We make decisions based on the best information we have, be it intelligence or OSINT, open source information or whatever that's available at the time. Sometimes the decisions work out well, sometimes they don't. That's reality, folks. That's not theory. Anyhow, that's what I think. Do you think we should be talking to terrorist groups like Al-Shabaab and the Taliban? Are the conditions under which it's okay to do so? Love to hear what you think of this. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content want to get more of it, go to my website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You can get a free daily digest of all the products, prospective blogs, global terrorism this week, my new feature that's about to enter its second week, as well as podcasts such as these quick hits and Canadian Intelligence, eh? Free of charge to your inbox. You'd also find a link to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, available on the website, self-published, it's also a version on Amazon Kindle. There's instructions there on how you can get, a, get yourself a copy. Love to hear your feedback on this as well as ideas for future, future podcasts. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, take care.